Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by our good friends at Bookmaker. For all your gaming needs, get great bonuses when you deposit, easy payouts, and big winnings. Parlays, first half, second half, first quarters, the whole nine yards. You can do it today by signing up at bookmaker.eu. Absolutely free to sign up. And if you tweet them and tell them you heard them on the Big Ten Show, they'll give you a $100 free bet just for saying hi and signing up. Tweet them at bookmaker underscore EU today. Better yet, sign up right now. Bookmaker.eu so you can get the winning going. We also have our Friday Big Ten Parlay for you guys to enter every week. More chances to win from Bookmaker. You can find that on Twitter at JTESPN every Thursday. Check them out, bookmaker.eu. All right, welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn, brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company, your high, your healthy hybrid advantage. I'm telling you, folks, you want to make sure that you can spend more time with your family, make more for your bottom line, and get more from your fields. Check out Jacobson Seed Company. Whether it's the beans, whether it's the corn, check them out, jacobsonseed.com. Those people have your best interest in mind. Check them out today at jacobsonseed.com. Adam, welcome into the show today, buddy. How are we doing? This is the Big Ten show, not the My University Sucks that I root for show. My University That Sucks is 2-0, and, oh, and your university that you root for is 0-2. And, and one day, these guys are probably going to be dominating the Big Ten. So plenty of relevancy this morning. Not at all. Not at all. I don't want to talk about that. Dude, crushed Texas A&M. Just crushed them. Well, Texas A&M, all they so are you. is the team that once had a great recruiting class and everything's fallen apart since. That's all they are. You lost to a team that literally revamped the whole roster and has a first-year head coach and won one game last year, and you lost to a coach that rose a boat. We just beat a big-time team from the SEC. I'm just pointing it out, man. <laughs> you know, you're assuming that these other conferences want you because Florida State, they're pretty appealing. Clemson, well, crap, they're not that appealing anymore, but they're going to go somewhere. Like, Miami is that team that's good for, like, three years and then disappears for 15, and then they're good for two years and then they disappear for 80. That's just how the University of Miami rolls, man. The U, baby. It's a great day to be a Hurricane the fan. University it's a great day that stinks. Anyways. It's a great day <laughs> to be a football fan. They did fan. score a lot of points. They did score a lot of points. Isn't that the most points versus a ranked team that they've ever scored or something like that? Was it 48? I have no idea. We just won. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, that was 48 points, by the way. Way to be educated. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of fun stuff today, but Adam, off the top, I do, I do want to mention something on the serious note. Michigan State gets to 2-0. and and Dan Murphy at ESPN.com reporting on Sunday that Michigan State head football coach Mel Tucker is the subject of an ongoing university sexual harassment investigation. It's been going on for some time. You can read the entire report at ESPN.com. We won't get into the specifics of it, but you think about what Mel Tucker had to do on the football field coming in, and that's win more games like he did in year one. Um, they're doing that at 2-0, and but, man, this is just – uh, another situation that Michigan State is having to deal with in this stratosphere of unsavory things off the field. 
So it's something we will continue to monitor as um, this is the second Big Ten coach to be dealing with controversy. The first one, Pat Fitzgerald, because of the hazing stuff let go prior to year. That's all being litigated now. We'll see where this goes, but this from Dan Murphy at ESPN.com. And as we mentioned, Michigan State gets to 2-0 and with their win over Richmond on Saturday, 45-14. to But Adam, let's jump around to a bunch of different places. And I told you via text that we were going to set the mood for the show by talking about the Huskers and the Buffaloes. I know you do a gut reaction every week on Character Chronicles, which I encourage everyone to check out. But um, a day later, what's your gut reaction to what happened there with the Buffaloes running all over the men of corn? I hate how you phrased that. I hate everything about how this show has started, to be honest with you. <laughs> can, we, can we hit the reset button like in the PS2 back in the old days? Hit the restart. I don't like how this game is going so far. Oh, man. I feel honestly the same way. You know, I was kind of – I wasn't even mad after the game, and I expressed this in my gut reaction. Disappointed. I was like a parent who was disappointed. Like, that's exactly how I felt. The game was over long before I did the gut reaction. Long story short, Nebraska's averaging over 200 rush yards a game. Recipe to win, right? Nebraska's holding opponents to just over 50 rush yards a game. Recipe to win, right? Nebraska's averaging over five yards per carry. Their opponents are averaging exactly 2.0 yards per carry. All that's a recipe for success. They're playing good defense. They're running the ball. I mean, this is a story as old as time. You want to win football games, you run the ball, you play good defense, you stop the run. But when you're averaging four to five turnovers a game and you're leaving points on leaving points on the scoreboard, we left 14 points on the scoreboard at Minnesota and then gave Minnesota two short fields at the end of the game, and they ended up winning. In the first half of Colorado alone, we left 10 points on the scoreboard, and their first 10 points came off of turnovers. And even their field goal right before half, we had a bunch of penalties that kind of shortened the field game free downs. We are not good enough to do that, and frankly, nobody is. And I said that in my gut reaction. The fact of the matter is, he's a college kid. But I view these kids as college kids less and less as NIL money grows and the transfer portal builds. You know, we have 21 players who are playing good enough football to at worst be 1-1, one and one, likely be 2-0, and oh, but we need to do something about the quarterback position. Good Lord, the man can't even catch a shotgun snap right now. Casey Thompson would have been a nice quarterback, I think, for this team this year. Just pointing it out. So I'm actually going to do a show on the Chronicles right after this. I think the biggest mistake that Matt Rule made was bringing Jeff Sims in. Not that he couldn't compete for the starting job, but Casey Thompson would still be here if Jeff Sims was not, and so would Logan Smothers. And I can argue that they are both better quarterbacks and we'd at least be 1-1 if not 2-0 if it weren't for that one decision. No, and I agree with you. The turnovers are killer. That offense looks anemic. Um, shut out in the first half. They looked bad. I mean, that, that first quarter, both teams were trying to feel out that game, but you sort of saw, I think, offensively, the talent that Colorado has as that game went on. And, you know, first week TCU experienced it. Nebraska experienced it week number two. I mean, Colorado's going to jump up to somewhere around probably 15, 16 in the polls, I would imagine, after this week. They continue to rise. But Shadir Sanders was um, pretty solid in the second half, almost 400 yards passing again this week two touchdowns so nebraska's got to figure it out man uh, offensively the quarterback situation i think you're exactly right adam they're gonna have to do something with that 
sooner rather than later because what they are doing right now is not working. I know we talked last week, like run, run, run with Jeff Sims um, instead of maybe passing the football. But, you know, if, if the next two weeks go bad against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, this thing's going to be a real big dumpster fire because you got Michigan the following week. If you beat Northern Illinois and you beat Louisiana Tech like you should, you'll be back to 500 with a daunting task, uh, you know, hosting Michigan. But after that, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, like that's not murderer's row. So like get to 500, deal with Michigan, and then go from there. But clearly Jeff Sims is not the answer right now. Well, so if you watch the offense, it's not going to wow you. It's methodical. It's it's old school type runs. I wish we'd throw more option in there. I don't know why we don't. It's not going to wow you, but they do actually move the football. It's just very slow. And when you do that, the last thing on planet Earth you can do is turn the ball over. Because when you do get an opponent's territory or you're in your own territory, nobody wants to give the ball over there. You can't afford to give away the past five minutes and the 70 yards that you went and it took you forever to get there because you're going to have to do it all over again. And are you really good enough to do it? You look, I mean, for Nebraska fans, here's what I'll tell you. We should win the next two games. Not a given. Okay. Not going to be favored versus Michigan, but like you said, not exactly murderers row. Everyone said at the beginning of the year, go six and six. If you're a Husker fan, go to a bowl game. That's all they want. If he does that, all will be okay. If he doesn't, his worst enemy is Deion Sanders because Deion is showing what you can now do in year one. And he 100%. had a way worse situation, and he's getting way more results way faster. If Rule just goes to a bowl game, all will be okay. If he doesn't, he better pray Deion falls off a cliff because if Deion doesn't, Rule's in trouble. All right, man, let's move on to another game from the weekend on the Big Ten slate. Got to give you a lot of credit for this one. You're going to like how the show takes a turn here. I'm giving you credit. You told us last week, Washington State, upset alert for Wisconsin, straight-up winners. That's what happened, 31-22 to 22 over Wisconsin. Again, that offense, I mean, very similar to Nebraska's problems. They did end up putting up 22 points in that game. But same thing in the first half, nine points. Wisconsin couldn't capitalize once they got it into plus territory, and they end up losing the second game of the Luke Fickle era on the road against Washington State. What'd you make of the Badgers falling to a current Pac-12 foe. Yeah, Pac-2. Yeah, so Wisconsin is very similar to Nebraska. They can just throw it a little bit better. Their quarterback can execute a handoff to the running back. He can time the snap so it doesn't hit a guy in motion. He can do basic little things that uh, fifth graders can do. And I'm sorry, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't take those shots. It's just, are you serious? I digress. Let's move on. Wisconsin is Nebraska just a little bit better because they're better at the things that Nebraska is good at. They're just better and they're not as bad as the things that Nebraska is bad at, which is quarterback play at this point in time. So you look at this, this game and Wisconsin is not great. They're not really built to stop the air raid. It's kind of what Washington state does to a degree. And then Washington state was going to load the box and make them throw. And especially early on and that's not what Wisconsin is great at now. You look at Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward. All right, he had 43 rush yards, 212 pass yards. Nakia Watson had a one-yard touchdown run with 530 remaining to clinch the upset win over number 19, Wisconsin, 31-22. It was interesting because with the game on the line, 37 of the 43 of Ward's rush yards came on uh, two fourth-quarter runs, okay, during what was really the Cougars' pivotal drive to avoid what was an epic collapse. They were up 24-6. to 
at one point it was 24 to 6, 24 to 9, 24 to 16, 24 to 22. And I'm watching this game and I'm like, oh God. I actually found myself rooting for Washington State just because I wanted <laughs> to be right. right. Um, and then Wisconsin did not convert the two pointer. I feel like I'm talking basketball here, the two pointer to tie it. And then uh, Washington State was able to clinch it with that touchdown that I just chatted about. But this is I have a couple of interesting stats. It's the Cougars, Washington State's first non-conference Power 5 opponent that they've hosted. Just take a guess. And no, it's been a long time. Since when do you think, Jeff? 95. It's been a while. 95. 98. 1998. And obviously, it's their first home game uh, since the Cougars became 50% owners of the mighty Pac-2 conference. So <laughs> this was a big win for Washington State, not so much for Luke Fickle. Yeah, it's one of those things. It is going to be interesting to see how that offense continues to shake out uh, as they try to find their footing. And again, Luke Fickle's going to recruit a certain kind of player moving forward to Wisconsin. He's taking the groceries that were left over and trying to fit it to his system. That first year or two can be a little bit tough. Uh, let's move on as we continue the Big Ten show brought hold to you on, by Jacobson on, Seed on, Company. JacobsonSeed.com. Hey, Go ahead. What's dude, up? Dude, give up? Jacobson Seed a shout out in a second. But we just got done talking with Dion about how quickly you can do things and how rules on the hot seat. And then you, Mr. Miami lack of education guy, is like, oh, we need to get fickle time. It takes a while. He's, listen, he's, listen, he's, he's listen. He's making food with bad groceries. What is listen, this? Lack number of one. Number one. Wisconsin's okay. program from a stability standpoint is three or four notches above Nebraska right now. Uh, the, the situation, and I'll tell you this, in Luke Fickle, I trust more than Matt Rule. Like, not a bunch, but like, if you were to tell me, if you could hire Luke Fickle, you could hire Matt Rule, I'm going to take Luke Fickle uh, at this point. Um, third, uh, the talent that I watched in that Washington State-Wisconsin game didn't look like the same talent I watched on that same uh, on, on that on on the offensive side of the ball for Nebraska, even though they both struggled. So I just think Wisconsin's like a little bit farther along. Listen, I love Matt Rule. I hope he does great at Nebraska, but Wisconsin was ranked number 19 in the country. You are going to probably laugh where you see I have Nebraska on our Big Ten power rankings. Um, Wisconsin is it. much higher up. Okay. All right. Well, so, yeah, that's to be expected. Okay. okay shout guys. out Jacobson C. Go ahead. Yeah. We love Jacobson C. Company, your healthy hybrid advantage. All right. Final game we want to hit on here, Iowa, Iowa State. The mighty Iowa Hawkeyes solidifying themselves as the best of the mighty. Big Ten West with a 12-15-something <laughs> of Iowa State. On the road, they got the better of their in-state rival, a Power 5 opponent. How about the Hawkeyes, baby? They're only, we're only six points behind the average that baby Ference has to have to keep his contract. The mighty Iowa offense is rolling, averaging an exhilarating 22 points per game. And yes. maybe Ferentz is well on his way to being fired two games into this season. I do have to ask you a legit question. All right, in your opinion, sure. Sure. do you think Kirk Ferentz is playing daddy ball and that's the reason that baby Ferentz still has a job? No, no. Blank. No, no, I don't think that's the case. I think they're very – dude – I know everybody wants to dog on them because they don't score a lot of points, but they win a bunch of games. Since Brian Ferentz has been the offensive coordinator, they've won a bunch of games. So, I mean, it's not like he has a losing record as an OC. Um, they, they know what they need to do. They may be the best team in the country at knowing their identity and playing to their strengths. And 
you know, sometimes it's not pretty, but they got the Cyhawk trophy and uh, they're 2 and 0, oh, man. Imagine if they actually scored points, how good they would be. They, All right, scored, so, they won by a touchdown and you're mad at they, them. They, I'm not mad at them. I'm asking a legit fair question. All right. So Iowa. All right, takes a 20 to 3 lead into the fourth quarter. They almost blew it. Okay. The Cyclones scored their first touchdown with less than three minutes in the game, force Iowa's high explosive offense into a three and out, and they get the ball back with 148 left in the fourth quarter. Cordavius Norton carries the ball on a fourth and one. Iowa's defense tackles him for a two yard loss on the Hawkeyes' 39 yard line to seal the victory. Now, mighty Cade McNamara threw the ball for an exhilarating 123 yards, averaged a dynamic 5.6 yards per completion, no touchdowns, an amazing one interception, uh, a phenomenally phenomenal QBR, 52.7, and much to the shock of the nation, he did not run the option. Your thoughts, Jeff? Are you there, my friend? Goodness gracious. I hope we didn't lose him. Uh, Anthony Beck is Rocco Beck's father. Um, Anthony Beck played with the Buccaneers and with the Jets. Friend of mine, did you ever have to tackle Anthony Beck? Or was he was he was he out of the league before you were in? He was a tight end, right? Yeah, tight end, yeah. He was in St. Louis, I think my rookie year, if not my first two years. Okay. All right. All right. He's a. Uh, He's, he's now the St. Louis Battlehawk head coach of the XFL, too, and his son's now starting at Iowa State. All right, we're moving on. Okay, enough, enough of the games themselves. We have power rankings to get to and updates from last week from our Big Ten parlay. We'll update the Big Ten parlay in just a little bit. But let's get to our power rankings, and uh, we will have a complete preview show later this week of the big-time games that are coming up in the Big Ten later this week. Again, brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company, jacobsonseed.com, and – you guys can find us iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, uh, the Believe Podcast Network, SI.com, and, of course, on Bally's. All right, man. So as I look back at my power rankings to start the season, this is the second rendition of what we've been doing here. Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Minnesota. Those are my top five, okay? okay? None of those changed at all. My first mover and shaker came in at number six. I moved up Maryland to number six from seven. Wisconsin ended up falling to eight after their loss to Washington State. So who's at seven? Michigan State. I moved up from my original 11th spot. You had them at 10. I had them at 11. I moved Michigan State up to number seven. Originally, I had Nebraska at eight. They gone. It's been so bad for Nebraska to start the season that Rutgers has replaced them on my power rankings Number eight, Purdue at uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me, at number nine. Excuse me, Rutgers at number nine. Yeah. Pa- pardon me, pardon me. You got yeah, it. Sorry, no, sorry, it's tough. That's tough. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Purdue at number ten, Illinois at eleven, Indiana at number twelve, Nebraska at number thirteen, and the only team that I have worse to start the season than Nebraska is Northwestern, and they got to win. I just, I, I, I just think Nebraska is a better football team. So I, I mean. Dude, dude, they could be 14 and people wouldn't argue with me. What do your power rankings look like, Adam Carricker? Didn't Maryland like struggle with Charlotte yesterday? Like they're two and oh, dude. They're two and two and oh. Who you play matters. Okay. It does not. So I have Michigan one, Penn State two, Ohio State three, 
not Iowa like you. All right, at four, I actually think Wisconsin's still the best team in the West. I think they've just played the best non-conference team out of everybody else in the West so far. Uh, well, except for Nebraska, Colorado, but Nebraska is not in the conversation to be in the top four or five of the Big Ten. So that's that's a whole separation gap there. So I, I still have Wisconsin at four. Um, yeah. I am not impressed with Minnesota, but I start to look at who else is on this list and you start to go from four down to about 11 and I could swap any of them in and out the top. Three are pretty easy, and honestly, the bottom three are fairly easy. That middle eight's kind of challenging for me. So I have Wisconsin at four, okay? I don't think Minnesota's impressive. I don't think Iowa's impressive. I don't think Maryland's impressive, but there's my five, six, seven. Michigan State at eight, who I could honestly – I thought about put all the way up at five at one point. Right. Uh, sure. Honestly, the coach's scandal, I don't know if that's going to be a distraction, so I kept them a little bit lower. Uh, you can flip-flop these next three teams if you want. I have Rutgers. Illinois, Purdue, um, that's how I wrote it down. Honestly, I debated those three a lot, and then I said I'm going to move on with my life because we're going to redo this again in a week or two, and I'm not going to spend any more time on it. I have Nebraska at 12. Uh, for six quarters, well, they, sh- they, sh- they should have a win over Minnesota. They obviously don't. They played probably the best team any of these teams have played in Colorado in a non-conference, and then Washington State being the second who Wisconsin played. So I have Nebraska at 12, Indiana 13, and Northwestern at 14. I just wanted to remind you about the U. I just wanted to remind you. I'm just so excited. We're 2-0, and baby. We're 2-0. I'm just so excited. We're 2-0. All right, real quick, real quick. And I, I know these are, since you keep bringing up the U that sucks, um, real quick, Texas, Alabama, because my question is conference realignment. Horns okay. up, baby. What are you doing? It was such a bad day for me. Like, I can't stand Texas. Nebraska gets Nebraska. All right. And I can't believe I made that up. But anyways, my question is, like, the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma, and then we've got Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA. It's going to be interesting to see how these teams play each other. Like, Texas went into Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama on their home field by 10 points. You know, in the past seven years, there's been nearly 40 games where a top five team has hosted another ranked team, 40 almost, and only four times an opponent has come into a top five team's opponent's sta- uh, a home stadium and won. That's an amazing that's, victory. That's an amazing stat. And, and actually, you know, think about this, man. If we were to take into the conversation the teams that are coming to the Big Ten and like with our with our power rankings, just take Oregon and USC. I'd put Dude. USC right now yep. at number two, probably behind Michigan, maybe number one. Man, the yep. speed last night. I know they were playing Stanford, but dude, uh, just amazing. And then I'd put Oregon in, in my top three, probably top four. Uh, the I mean, way Washington that they've been pretty good. I don't know what they did yesterday, but they're pretty good yeah, too. There'd be a team in the top five or six, top five or six, dude. Like you could take USC, Oregon, and Washington this year. They'd be top six at worst in our power rankings. Like there's a lot of talent coming to the Big Ten. All right. Uh, those are power rankings. We'll update those um, throughout the season on Friday. Or last week, the end of last week, we did our picks for the Big Ten Parlay. Adam, uh, if I recall correctly, you took Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. Rutgers, and Iowa State, if I'm correct, right? I don't remember the Iowa one, but I honestly don't remember who I took in that one. But Rutgers it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because right. I took Purdue, I took Rutgers, and I took Iowa, and all three covered the spread. Bam, we're tied 1 1, man. And I had. 
Less points than you on the Nebraska-Colorado game, so I essentially went four for four. Um, you won week one. I won week two. We're sitting at one and one after two weeks. I hope this goes back and forth all week. You guys can get your picks in for the Big Ten Parlay every single week on Twitter you. at JTESPN. You better get better get some better picks, man. I always take the under on Nebraska this year, by the way. Always take the under. Always take the under on Nebraska this year. That is a safe bet, man. That is a safe bet. All right. So we tackled the biggest games of the weekend. We got our power rankings out there, updated you on some big news in the Big Ten, and we updated our Big Ten parlay. We'll be back at it later this week with another edition of the Big Ten Show. Hopefully you're enjoying the season as much as we are. Thanks to Jacobson Seed Company for bringing you the Big Ten Show today. Check them out for all your field needs. The ones where you're growing beans and corn. Check them out, jacobsonseed.com. He's the almost famous Adam character. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turnus. Another page has turned here on the Big Ten Show. We'll see you later in the week, y'all. Be well. Thanks once again to Bookmaker for bringing us another edition of the Big Ten Show. Check them out at bookmaker.eu for all your gaming needs. They got parlays. They got teasers. They got straight bets and the best bonuses in the business. Make a deposit today for a big-time bonus. Better yet, sign up today, and they'll put $100 in your account for free. Sign up today at bookmaker.eu. Tweet them, bookmaker underscore EU. Tell them you heard them on the Big Ten Show. You'll get a $100 free play just for signing up. Check them out online at bookmaker.eu.